You're listening to the She's On Her Toes podcast, episode 11. She's On Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real-life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business, you know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. All right. Well, welcome to the She's on Her Toes podcast, episode 11. I am Carolyn Hearn, and as always, I am here with my two managers, Emily Gustafson and Christina Shafka. And we are excited today to talk about a topic, how to manage millennials. Um, I know this is something that a lot of people seem to struggle with, a lot of articles, a lot of controversy around this generation. And I guess I don't really have a choice because almost (laughs) everyone that I have employed is a millennial. I believe I am not, and then two other of my employees are not, and that's about it. We might have a few even post-millennials, which is a little frightening. But uh, before we get into today's topic, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of episode nine when we had our first guest, David Phillips. He was here. We were talking about uh, how to get leads for your business. So basically how to get new people to come to your studio or your business every single day with pretty minimal effort. So we talked about that and uh, a lot of you have listened to it and downloaded it. So if you haven't checked that episode out, it is extremely valuable, actionable information which really is what this podcast is all about. We talk about what works uh, when we're running the business here, Pure Bar Winston-Salem and Pure Bar Clemens, and hopefully you can take that and apply it to your own business. Whether you own a fitness studio or have a business in another industry, I feel like all of the things that we talk about are pretty just general good business sense. They could really just be applied to, you know, anything that you're working on in your business. So across the board, if you will. So again, thank you for listening. And again, if you haven't already left a review, go ahead and do that because leaving reviews is super helpful to us. We're collecting quite a few, but uh, if you haven't done that yet, please go ahead and do it. It's really helpful. It helps us um, get the podcast ranked. It helps us get the podcast on more uh, platforms that support podcasts and Frankly, it will help other people uh, find the podcast and grow the audience. So if you could do that, we would uh, be really appreciative of it. But let's get going into today's topic. Millennials, or the generation born between 1981 and 1996, will make up about 75% of the workforce in 2025. And that's just seven years away. So that's coming up pretty quick. And we've all heard some pretty negative criticism about this group. They're unfocused, entitled, demanding, addicted to technology. I mean, I don't know what could be worse. (laughs) Are these stereotypes? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But it doesn't really matter because these are the people that will be moving businesses forward. So we've got to figure this out. And the simple thing that separates millennials from previous generations, I believe, is technology. So while my generation was outside playing with sticks, millennials had these crazy things called smartphones that gave them unfettered access to the internet. And when you're old AF, how are you supposed to lead this group of so-called millennial workplace misfits? 
I mean, this is, you know, this is a question for the day, a question in every business. How can you manage millennials to successfully run your business and ultimately find their own success? All right, well, I guess let's get into our first kind of topic. So millennials, we've talked about that, are defined as the generation born between 1981 and 1996. If you are born in 97, then you are a post-millennial or Generation Z. If you were born between 1965 and 1980, then you are Generation X. And now I think there's actually been a bunch of articles and kind of thoughts about this new thing. It's called a, the micro-generation born between 1977 and 1983. And those are called, I guess, Xennials. Uh, that would be me. And this group had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So, yeah, that was definitely me. Um, I know we talked a little bit about whether or not that worked for Christina and Emily, so we can get their thoughts on that. But whether you agree or disagree with what's being said about millennials, whether you are a millennial, maybe you're just super offended by what all we're talking about here. This generation is going to be looking for and eventually leading businesses really soon. So, I mean, why is this group getting so much heat? And I've got two millennials here, so I think we'll get to the bottom of it pretty quick. Yeah, so we'll try not to be too defensive. Yes. <laughs> but I think, first of all, like just taking a, it even back a step, um, like watching my parents and my grandparents interact, I think every generation prior to the one you're in now had, feels that the new generation is, I'm just going to say different. Um, yeah, maybe definitely. not as good. Yeah, they definitely. feel like the so like I can remember my grandma talking about things that my mom, oh your mom like when mm-hmm. she was a kid, and then my mom doing the same to us. Oh, you never put your phone down. Like you're always on your phone. So I do think like it really is important to think about how you grow up and notice how different people that come 15 years after you grow up because it really does make a huge difference. And we see like completely different personality traits and completely different you know, strategies and strengths in them. But I think that this, the millennials are really the first generation that had access to technology and it just kind of... At our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of created like a, I'm going to, created a monster that is used to getting what what they want. Like we're used to getting gratification. We're used to being able to like, literally I only order on Amazon because I'm not waiting for anything longer to ship to me. Like I, the millennial millennials are just really used to getting what they want and getting it right away. And I think that that's something that every generation before us had did not experience. And so they definitely have a different view on things. Right. Yeah, definitely. I can uh, attest back in the olden days. Uh, yeah, you actually had to wait in line at the grocery store. Uh, there was no such thing as cold-pressed juice. Uh, certainly, you didn't buy avocado toast. And uh, I think we just had Wonder Bread. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a wheat toast every once in a while, but nobody <laughs> ate that. And then, uh, no, but um, I think, like, one of the things that like, you touch on, you know, definitely the technology, but it's just, like, the rapid rate of technological advancements. So, like, maybe in previous generations, you know, you saw some, like, big advances. But, I mean, now, like, the, I guess, like, the lifespan of a computer, of a phone, I mean, might not even be a full 12 months. So, like, you're just seeing, like, this rapid, you know, advancement in the ability to communicate 
with really anyone on the world, just access, unfettered access to information, whether it's useful or not. I mean, just that's kind of where I think like the main difference is. I mean, it's not like where in previous generations they were like, oh, that rock and roll, like really (laughs) is corrupting the youth. Like, no, this is like totally different. It's just like a complete mind shift, if you will. Yeah, And I think that like um, previous generations really valued the changes in technology because they saw the first television and then mm-hmm. they saw the first like huge it's just yeah. like monumental yes. yeah and so they you really appreciated it like all of these things that were coming into your life you had never had them before and so I have a probably like a, you know a phone in my home that was mm-hmm. probably a really big right. deal too and so they just really um, valued it, and I think our generation takes it for granted because yeah. we just always had it. And maybe we did see, like I can see, I remember the progression of my personal cell phone, but I still had a cell phone. You know, I can sure. remember having a cell phone as you know a younger child. So I think that this generation just kind of we expect it, and we mm-hmm. just uh, we don't. I don't want to say we don't value it, but it's just we weren't around for all of those big miraculous things that happened. So it's kind of just part of our daily life. Like what we yeah, what's expected. Yeah. What's expected. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like I guess like back in the day when the internet was like kind of first starting, and we had AOL and the, like mm-hmm. the dial-up light. I did, I did, I did have a dream name. I did have a dream name. Oh yeah. I mean, sometimes that stuff didn't work. So yeah. I mean, I remember being in college and we had like Ethernet in the dorm. And I never even got it because it was so spotty. Like, my roommate had it. And half the time, she was paying for it and couldn't even connect. Like, we had to walk to the computer lab with a disk to print out papers. And, like, you know, so stuff just didn't work sometimes. But it wasn't a big deal. You were like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'll just, like, like, that's how it is. Like, we'll just, you know, go to the next plan or whatever, plan B or plan C. Or, like, eh, like, we'll figure it out. But, like, now... Yeah, if the internet's down, if you don't have Netflix, if you don't have your phone, like, it's, like... It pretty much controls everything. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, in yeah. a sense. It's sort of, sort yeah. of scary. It is a little bit. <laughs> like, if, y'all, if, y'all's, if, you didn't, if y'all's phones didn't uh-huh. work, if your internet was down, like, if we had some kind of natural disaster, uh-huh. like, what would you yeah. do? Would you freak yeah. out? I would try not to, but yeah. probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know my phone, the GPS has been messing up, and this just goes into how different things are. I literally have to think before I get in the car, like, okay, where am I going? If my GPS yeah. doesn't work, and you just yeah. don't realize how much you rely on it until, and that's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I need to know how to get everywhere I need to go around town. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I have a really funny story about this. So when I worked um, my first job during uh, business school, so this was, like, not even really that long ago. Like, in 2008, I was in Houston working for Wells Fargo in my investment banking job. And I had my Ford Explorer with a tape deck. So clearly I was, you know, super advanced in my vehicle. But, you know, I was driving home to get back to Winston um, to finish up my second year. And this uh, analyst who was like in his 20s, I was, I guess, 30 at the time. He goes, how are you going to get back to school? How are you going to get back to Wake Forest and to Winston-Salem? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you don't have GPS in your car. And I was like, well, I have a map. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, he was like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, well, I have a map and the will to get there. So I'll get back. Like, I can't, like, do you not know how to read a map? He literally did not know how to read a map. He had, he did not know that there was such thing as an atlas. Like, I mean, I was... 
Did you have an, at an atlas? I did, one? yeah, in the back. Yeah, I had the, one of those big atlases of the whole country with like the roads and everything. Oh, okay, an atlas. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, if I had to plan a trip right now with a map, I'm not saying I couldn't do it. Um, it would take some time. It would yeah. take some time and yeah. some planning. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my parents just being like, well, we'll just follow the map or whatever. Yes. Whatever. And I'm like, now I'm like, the map? Like, I, yeah. Oh. Although I didn't have a GPS in college, but I can remember getting really lost. And then once I got a GPS, I never got lost again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, glad you can get to work on oh. time. Oh, yeah. We got that down pat. Yeah. Awesome. Both locations. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess like we've kind of gone on a little bit of a tangent here about technology. I guess we've I guess uh, determined that that's kind of the biggest difference between millennials and previous generations. And but like, how can a business use technology and use that to leverage millennial employees? I mean, it seems like if y'all are addicted to technology, I mean, that's like let's harness that mm -hmm. and you know use that and. Like how, like how do you think like businesses can use that to their advantage? I think one thing that comes to my mind is that you already have people that are coming to work for you that know how to do things you don't have to train them for. So they've already either done it in college or they might even know more than you, say with like Google Docs or something like that. Um, not <laughs> Are calling you anyone trying out. to imply that I don't know how to use Google Docs? I do know how to use them. I just choose not to. <laughs> See, there's a difference. <laughs> That's what you, I have you to use Google Docs. Exactly. Yes, we're here for something. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big step up that hopefully most millennials haven't taken advantage of since they have been exposed it a lot longer than other generations. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's so true. I have absolutely, while I do fall under that millennial category, there are still things that, like, when we have, you know, college students on staff that I can ask them a question oh, yeah. that would have taken me, you know, 20 minutes trying to figure out, and they already, it's like the, like, when technology changes, it's like they're instinctively able to follow along without ever having to like learn it. Like if you think Especially about your social media, yeah. If you like think that. about your parents and how you know they ask you to explain, you know, how do I set the DVR or whatever? Like this generation just knows how to do it, and you don't have to spend time training them on how to do things or you know leverage them to teach you what they know. Um, they probably have great information on Instagram. They probably have great information on Facebook and how they use it and let them bring some of the tools that they already have into the studio to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an excellent point, especially like in terms of social media, because that's not going anywhere. And that's huge, like that kind of technology and just like the, I guess, community that millennials seem to crave and just like that whole concept of like being like super social, just both like in person and online. I mean, if you're a business and you don't have a presence on, like, the social media platforms that I guess I will caveat and say that your clients are using, I mean, I don't know how you're going to even communicate in the future going forward, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think yeah. we, talk, we touched on this, like, in another episode. I yeah. can't remember which one. Maybe, like, a, a social media one. Yeah. But, and I told the same story, so if, you're, if you <laughs> heard it before, you can just turn it down. Um, but I always go to Instagram first when I'm looking. And I know, like, some oh, people yeah. use Facebook. Some people use, for whatever reason, like, I, I just like Instagram better. And I will look up a business on Instagram before I go there. I, like, I hope to find their hours on there. I hope to find, like, 
any special information and like if they have a link to their website I might I might go through but I would prefer to just go to their Instagram page and figure out what it is I wanted to know about them. So I think it's really important that if you're serving people that of the millennial age, which you will be sooner if you're not already doing it now, um, you have to have some of those things ready for them. And if you are not strong in those areas, maybe leverage your team, find somebody to help you so that they can really be directed to a place and learn more about your business without having to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, not pick picking up the phone like that's a whole nother question (laughs) (laughs) I mean I will say that we have recently switched over to like texting clients or trying to figure out like what their preferred method of communication is whether it's email text or phone call and I guess overwhelmingly it seems like I mean I guess Christina like please um or Emily and Christina please you know, like back me up on this or, or debunk it, but it seems like the te- like texting, the, as soon as we started texting clients, it was like a whole new world. I mean, all of a sudden we started getting people out of the woodwork yeah. communicating yeah. with us. Yeah. Well, and I will say, and I think we we're going we're gonna to touch on like communication a little bit li- later, but I was a little hesitant. I, like, so I, in the beginning, I wasn't texting people first because I wanted to like reach out to them on, in what I thought was like a more appropriate way first. So I would call people first or email them first. Or meaningful or yeah, I just Yeah, I wanted, like I yeah. wanted to, I didn't want them to think that like I was just texting you. Like I wanted you to feel like you had like a really um, personalized first contact, but we just weren't getting that much feedback that way. And so I, when I started texting people first, it was like, that's what they'd always wanted. Mm-hmm. Like. They're so excited when they they respond right away. And um, it seems like that's what people want. That's how people want to communicate. And there was no hesitation of like, oh, well, you probably should have called me. Like, why are you like people want you to text them? And even if they don't get back to you the next day, we've had people that will reach out to us maybe three days later. And they're like, so sorry, I meant to, but. Mm-hmm. you're less likely to get a phone call back, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's oh, harder yeah. to get a call back than yeah. someone to text just later, a couple of days later. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, as we think about this topic, uh, you know, I, I guess the reason this came up is because I, uh, well, and now y'all have started going to, it's like this quarterly mastermind group that we meet with local businesses from Winston and Greensboro every quarter. And it's always funny because, like, a lot of the people in this group, you know, we we sit around and talk, and I hear this kind of over and over again, like, oh, like, how do you manage millennials? Like, how do you get them to, like, work? And I'm like, what do you mean? How do you get them to work? Like, I only have, I mean, besides, like, myself and two other people, I pretty much only have hired millennials. And it's not necessarily... Like, that wasn't by design or anything. It just happened. And I, we were killing it. So, like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? How do I manage them? I just, like, manage them. Like, they know what to do and they do it. And, like, or, you know, like, I lead everyone and the business does what it's supposed to be doing. And um, I, so I guess I just don't understand that question. But then now that I've been thinking about it a lot, I mean, I really think it really just hinges on, like, your business culture. Because it's, like... If you're hiring the wrong people, and of course, like like I said at the beginning of the episode, I am not a millennial. I'm in that, like, I guess micro generation. I was born in 1978. Like, I have a completely different perspective on life than a lot of the people that work here. But I don't think that that 
that we have some kind of like divide or like generational divide. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I think that you have different like backgrounds and you have mm-hmm. di- like different styles of working maybe. Um, but I think if you've hired your team around your culture, then you're, you're building and bringing a new skill set within each millennial that is going to support your culture and just move your business forward. So I don't think it's necessarily necessarily like, oh, I'm, I've hired this millennial, but you bring on the right person and yeah. their skill set fits into yeah. what you're offering. I mean, there's like basic values, like of course, like you have to show up on time, you have yeah. to like be courteous, you have to like you know treat yeah. our clients with respect and with kindness and you know be a human but I mean so if you can't do those things then yeah like you're out but right I think it just kind of they just kind of fit into where the skills that you need and as like more millennials come into the workforce those are going to be your clients you need to have like you would want to have somebody on staff that can help you reach them Mm -hmm. rather than like trying to you know if you don't have somebody on staff that kind of understands that generation of client, like you might be missing out Hard on to relate to opportunities. Or, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, do you think that we manage two millennials or do we just kind of like manage the business and it all just somehow like works out? Like I've really been trying to think about yeah. that a lot lately. The only thing, and like maybe we do this differently or like if you don't agree with this, like maybe, I mean, we can talk about it, but I think the thing about a millennial, and I think this comes from like the everybody got a trophy, the Mm -hmm. entitled. I do think sometimes like working with a millennial or managing a millennial um, takes a little bit more of an individual touch. Like just knowing like how that person works. Like is this person really sensitive? Do I Mm -hmm. have to kind of tailor... You know, I'm not saying, like, you know, don't give that person criticism, but, like, do I kind of need to take into account that, like, this person is, like, really, really sensitive and I'm going to make things worse if I, you know, treat her this way. And then, like, I've got this other millennial employee that's, like, she's not sensitive. I can talk to her differently. So I think that maybe that that would be my only. I think overall you manage your team the same, but just kind of being aware of, like, individual needs a little bit more than maybe in previous generations. Sure, I agree with that. Well, I guess, like, one question I would pose to both of y'all is that, I mean, because I have been super open on previous episodes about how I am not into details, I do not micromanage people, I basically am like, here's your task, do it, and I don't really give you any direction on how to do it. I mean, is that, do you think that has an impact on how, like, we are able to find success here? Because you somehow have the freedom to figure it out yourself or like you yeah, like do what so. you want to do but like I think so I mean I think that creates like a sense of like ownership kind mm-hmm. of and like accomplishment like I know when I first started working here that that's what was very different than like my pr- previous job like given being given a task with no direction on how to do it you need the end result like I do think that create you you become really tied to the result because it's your you've made it your own and you've decided how it's going to happen and also you now also have responsibility if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. so I think it kind of you have more skin in the game and it as people become successful I think that it is really really encouraging it's almost like natural encouragement because they're taking care of things on their own sure and you're able to sort of I know I 
get satisfaction, I guess, from having the creativity or just something like Emily said, you're putting in your idea and making it work towards the same end goal as what mm-hmm. Carolyn wants. So I think that is, if you think about it in a way of managing millennials, then yes, that yeah. is a way that has worked. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Think about that. Yeah. All right. Well, good times. All right. So, I mean, of course, the stereotypes of millennials aren't all true across the board, but I have noticed some very specific habits of this generation that I believe warrant further discussion. And I mean, let's just start with my biggest, I guess, question. I just cannot understand why this happens every day, every week at the studios. But why can't millennials empty the vacuum cleaner? Is this like some kind of, like, it happens every time. (laughs) I mean, I've talked about it with everyone. Empty the vacuum cleaner, please. It still happens. And it still like happens. Like, still. Yeah, sometimes I'll pull the vacuum out, and I'll be yeah. like, well, what in the world? It's effing full in there. Like, What do you consider full? <laughs> I mean, if you vacuum and there's, like, dust and hair in the vacuum, empty it out so yeah. that, like, it's clear the next time. Like, do you not get that if you don't empty it out, then it doesn't work well? See, I'm going to offer a perspective, a millennial's perspective here. Okay, okay. I probably would, I empty the vacuum cleaner here now every time. I yeah. But I probably wouldn't empty the vacuum cleaner until it was full. Oh, yeah. Like, why waste that time? You've got something more important you could do. I mean, but we've got, we've got a Dyson. Like, There's literally, like, you, you have, like, a, you push this one thing and it I'm just... not saying that it's hard. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. get it. I'm just, my mindset, I'm thinking, personally, at my home, yeah. I'm probably not going to empty it until it's full. Yep. Same here. I don't know if we can talk, speak for everyone. We, but. Didn't, we didn't answer the question, nor did we help you, but I'm just offering another perspective. We're trying to do better, though. Yes. I mean, I'm just curious. America, do you empty the vacuum? Millennials across America, do you empty the vacuum cleaner? And if not, I would like to know why. I mean, I'm just curious. Like yeah, I, I want to hear from you. Like, I have accepted that this is the reality, so every time I go to vacuum, I double-check to make sure that it's emptied. But uh, yeah, I just this it just blows my mind. I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't either. Hmm. All right. Well, moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, then, like one other thing that I've noticed here is that I guess you know, of course, we talk about millennials not answering the phone, not checking voicemail, and like texting or. But like one thing that just really is a little odd to me, and I guess this is again just growing up in the way that I have been uh, taught is like, you know, why can't you just pick up the phone or schedule a meeting when you want to quit a job? I mean, emailing me or God forbid texting me that you will no longer be working for me because you're moving away is really not going to cut it. Like, I mean, it's kind of a workplace equivalent to be broken up with on a post-it. I mean, (laughs) such a good reference. Like why? Like what? What gives? I yeah, think now on, I'm yeah. I, I'm more on your side than the other uh-huh. for this one. Yep. I, yep. But I think that this all comes from growing up with five different modes of communication that you could have at any given point. I can yeah. text my friend. I can call my friend. And I think that in the mindset of a majority of millennials, no communication is better or worse than the other. So in their minds, 
really important things can happen over text or really important things can be said, you know, over the phone or, or however they choose to do it. Whereas you grew up mm-hmm. thinking that like, no, like a face to face, if I have a really yeah. important thing yeah. to say. Yeah. Right? If you need yeah. to end your employment, then you better like be making an appointment and sitting yeah. across the desk and like, yeah, talking human to human. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that's just where there's a disconnect within our generation, the millennials, because I would never think of doing that. When I left teaching uh, school, I emailed my principal and said, hey, when's a good time? I'd like to sit down and meet with you. Because, And I didn't even think twice about that. Mm-hmm. But now we have noticed, and just hearing from other people too, that's just sort of, some not people think it's anymore. okay, yeah. and that that's one thing, like, do not do that. Like, yeah. You definitely need to have a face-to-face for that if you want them to give you a good reference. I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you this, like, I've received emails and texts from people about, like, oh, I'm moving, by the way, I won't be, t- you know, teaching anymore or whatever, and I ignore them, and, and my, I make them respond back. Yeah. Like, like, how do you even know that, like, email or text, it's not a silver bullet. Like, how do you even know I got it? I mean, I, think that's I, guess, that's, something... I guess that's my thing. It's like, you can't just trust that somebody's going to open your email or get a text. Like, what if my computer died and my email totally, like, you know, crapped out? And then I had, like, and I lost, I didn't even get your email. Like, and then what are you going to do? Just not show up? Like one day, and we'll be like, "Oh, by the way, where's so and so? Oh, she moved." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's just like, yeah, it, in the mind of a millennial, like technology should work, and so they just assume, like, okay, this is how I'm going to communicate. I think there, it's like a more of a per- like I would rather text, so yeah. I'm going to text yeah. instead right. of thinking like, well, she would probably appreciate a phone call or whatever. It's yeah. more like they're focused on. Yeah, they're they're themselves. Look good. Yeah, well, it's not like scary. I just you know I just feel like you know you should just tell somebody in person and like let me have that like last good impression of you so that I can like recommend you if somebody were to call me and ask about you like yeah. like it's like I want to help you and like help you know like. Let help me help you. Like I, I can, I, I can stand up for the millennials out there not emptying the vacuum. But this <laughs> one, no. millennials yeah. quitting their job via text. I feel like we need to learn a little something from previous yeah. generations yeah. and uh, think about how your communication affects other people and like their and it could affect you. your future too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just that's just something that's really kind of bugged yeah. over yeah. the last. That's fair. Warning for everyone that that's works fair. here. Yeah. 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 yeah, in the future. Yeah, I'm serious. All right. Well, I mean, like beyond hiring and employing millennials, I mean, there's another kind of whole you know side to this equation, and that is that millennials are going to command increasing buying power at your business. I mean, as these folks finish up school and get jobs and, you know, are promoted and, and start making money and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, they're going to just be spending more money and have more purchasing and buying power even than some of the previous generations. So, I mean, how can a business appeal to the wallet share of the millennial consumer? I mean, I think this is huge. Like, if you aren't already thinking about this, like, right. get on it. I think one of the big differences with millennials is that they really care about the value of the values of a business. Um, if you've noticed, like, how, 
in the last 20 years, like transparency on food has changed so much. Like millennials mm-hmm. want to know exactly what's in the food. Mm-hmm. They want to know, you know, was it GMO? Was it da da da? They want all the information. Whereas generations before that, for very many, for various reasons, like war and you know, not the depression, like they didn't care what was in their food. They just ate their food. So like this generation is being brought up to. They want to know everything about a company. They want to know everything about a business. They want to know where their money's going, and if they believe in your brand or your service, they will promote it on social media, and they will bring their friends into your into your business, and they will use technology to give you free advertising, but they have to align with what you're offering. So I think companies really need to think about that and be ready to appeal to the millennial um, as opposed to how they would appeal to other generations. Sure, and that ties into um, the technology side of it because if you don't have, like we mentioned previously, if you don't have Instagram, uh, anything on the internet. Well, like an app for you. An app, yeah, Yeah. an app. Um, All of these things that could help you uh, get new clients or new partners or whatever. You're really, it's a disadvantage to yourself. And that's just one easy fix you could do to better your whole business by just adding a little bit of technology and then seeing what works and then go uh, pick up on what is doing the best and maybe, you know, put a little money into that. Like we mentioned with, uh, we mentioned with David two weeks ago about that um, and how just a little bit can go a long way with that and can get you a lot of new leads and Mm -hmm. all of that. Well, I guess, like, one challenge that, like, we have, especially as studio owners, is, you know, even though, like, business is going to be, you know, increasingly, like, moving towards the use of technology and that kind of thing, uh, whether it's social media or apps or, you know, better ways to sign up for classes online or, you know, different ways of communicating I mean, ultimately, people are still going to have to come into the studio and take a class and hang out with actual humans and, you know, talk to each other and talk to the teacher and talk to the front desk associate and, you know, I guess, interact with each other and that kind of thing. So, I mean, we're still going to have to create a community of humans. So I guess that's just one thing. I mean, how do you think that, like, the whole technology but, like, the social side are going to, I guess, kind of like merge, if you will. I mean, I just think that's kind of an interesting thing about like where we're headed. Yeah, I think like technology is just going to keep playing a bigger role in our lives as, as bigger advancements become made. But people still crave human interaction and they still want social interaction. So it'll, it'll be really important that you build a facility, you build your business around being able to utilize those pieces of technology and stay with the trends. And it's important that your clients are talking about you on social media and sharing things about you and letting their friends know that they're going to your place of business. But then if they were to get into your business and have a terrible experience, they're going to share that. So really making sure that while your technology game is really strong, you are still creating a positive and kind and happy environment so that your Mm -hmm. clients want to come back. Because just on the flip side of what we Mm -hmm. just talked about, if your technology is fabulous but you don't have a great product to offer, 
it doesn't matter. And if you have a wonderful product, but you're not getting it out there to the world via technology, you might be really missing opportunities. So I think those two things are still going to be really important. And it'll be a challenge for businesses to like keep up with both. But we have, if you think about our client base and who we have in here, we have different generations. Yeah. And I just remember hearing in the studio last week how, because I would think if I'm going to share and promote something, it'll be on the internet. And I will tell people, like, mm-hmm. I want to I want to share about everything. But you have previous generations that are more likely to spread the word just if they're, you know, at the pool or if they're at a restaurant or yeah. so-and-so. So it was, you just never really think about that. But you have to have, your team still needs to be able to communicate effectively mm-hmm. and professionally. And that's one thing I think millennials have to be more aware of, or I know I do, because you still have to go, you have to be interviewed to get a job. So all of these yeah. things tie in where, yes, technology is so important with it all, but you also still need to be able to communicate effectively to yeah. have a successful business. Yeah, that's, yeah that's like an amazing point yeah. that I think really should not be lost on anyone. Yeah, you, you're going to have to communicate the way that like your clients or prospective clients expect to be communicated too, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. whether that's via text, email, phone, what have you. Uh, Yeah. Well, cool. Well, good. Well, I feel like we've just kind of touched on the surface of this topic, and I'm sure it will come up again as we have future episodes and probably even more guests on the show because I'm just a little fascinated by this whole, you know, how to effectively manage millennials because in my personal experience, it's really not different than managing anybody else. But Maybe you would disagree, and I would love to hear if y'all have any comments about this topic. It seems like it might incite some some response. Um, so please let us know if you have any thoughts on this or would like to weigh into the conversation. We can certainly touch on this in the future. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of contemplating writing my second book about how to manage uh, millennials. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Of course. If you are a millennial and don't empty the vacuum cleaner, we want to hear from you about why that is. If you do empty the vacuum cleaner, then pat yourself on the back because you're doing something right. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, we will see you. Or, yeah, we'll see you next week. So I hope everyone... Uh, I hope everyone got a a few nuggets you can take away from this episode and apply to your business. Maybe you're even more confused than ever. Who knows? (laughs) But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we'll be able to clarify a few things next week with our next topic. And uh, we'll talk to you then. If you haven't already, please leave us a review. And we'll look forward to reading those and hearing from you. Thanks so much. It's okay to receive It's okay to 
okay to listen One ear to the ground One ear to the sky Tree street or heart that you pound It's okay to giggle A little to yourself Cause the spirit it tickles As it enters a It don't matter how soft, how vivid, or tender, or out, or in key As long as you mean it, as long as you mean it You're giving permission, you're giving permission for others to sing it You're giving permission for others to sing All things for that matter, go as deep as you feel it Like grace alone and together one and yet still an instant an impulse individual tone beat sound sing itself singing self singing self singing self singing itself singing singing it's okay to pray to be deep to be light to just breathe it's okay to be exactly as you are yourself 